following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would fill this place today with your presence. We ask that you would heal the sicknesses that are among our people. We ask that you would strengthen our faith for those who are doubting. We ask that you would touch our hearts and help us to be obedient. Lord, may you be praised forever and ever. For yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Have a seat. Fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, my name is Pastor Jordan. People just call me Jordan. We are excited that you're with us this morning. Your director of children's ministry must think you're pretty special that you could be in a service with the adults this morning. And we're excited. If you are next to a fourth or fifth grade student, would you do me a favor and just give them a high five? Say, hey, welcome to the club. If you want to, you can give your neighbor a hug, too, or a high five. You can hug them if you want, I don't know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, we are trying something out a little bit. We want to kind of integrate our fourth, fifth, and sixth graders into the service and let them sing with us and things like that, um, and so you'll be seeing them a little bit more. This morning, we're going to be in First Chronicles. That's in the Old Testament. It's a little book in the Old Testament, all the way to the left-hand side of your Bible. Uh, First Chronicles 29 is an excellent book. Um, it has a lot of richness in it. And if we were to study it just for a minute, uh, we would understand that there are some things that really tie into this Thanksgiving season. We're going to look at 1 Chronicles 29, 10, 11, and 12 here this morning. And what we're going to do is we're going to try to unpack this a little bit on how it relates to our Thanksgiving season. This is a remix message. And what that means is last year, uh, we talked about this a little bit, uh, but I wanted to go back and just kind of um, pave some new ground for you. Some practical tips on what it means to be thankful. Uh, This isn't in your outline, but this is something that I'm learning um, as I continue to get older, uh, something we need to do as Christians. If we were to have a practical tip for praising God, we would see a couple things. Uh, God wants us to be specific, right? How many of you guys have been involved with (laughs) with a circle where somebody just prays and prays and prays and prays and prays, and it's like, hey, man, that's between you and God. I would love to eat something You ever been there? God loves when we get to the point, okay? Be specific. Two, be sincere about it, okay? And three, give freely and often. Those are some practical 
specific things that we can do to praise the Lord. So this season, when we're gathered around together, and Chronicles will kind of outline this, we can be specific about the things. Don't be, you know, uncle or aunt who sits there forever and goes on and on forever. Be specific about something. Be sincere about it. Speak from your heart. That's why I love the testimonies this morning. They're from the heart. And give freely and often. I just heard a guy the other day And he said his whole career changed when he realized that he was offering something to people instead of taking it from them. And that's what we should do as Christians. We know that Old Testament, New Testament, we are called to give all the time instead of receive. So how can we give thanks to God this holiday season? Well, what does it look like to praise the Lord? If we were to unpack that, the question is, what does it look like, Jordan, to praise the Lord? I think the Old Testament people got it right. Then if we look at 1 Chronicles chapter 29, we realize that in the context of this book, David, King David, you know David that's, that slain Goliath, that killed Goliath, okay, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, you're tracking with me, that David, okay, that David gave a challenge to the leaders of Israel. In other words, David stepped up and he says, hey, I'm going to challenge all of you guys in Israel, I want to I give you a challenge to give money for the temple. That was his whole challenge. Can you imagine that? You're a politician. What if some of us just marched to Washington and you were like, hey, political leaders, Republicans and Democrats, we think that you should give money to Community Gospel Church. Who wants to go? Some of you guys are like, hey, have fun. Not job. Okay. That's exactly what David did. He goes to the leaders and he says, hey, I'm going to throw a challenge to you. I want you to give to God because he has given to you. And these people, they responded. They gave willingly and cheerfully, which caused David to praise God and give us reasons why we should praise God. In other words, there was a challenge that was thrown down. David accepted the challenge. He gave it to the people. And when he gave it to the people, they responded. He says, man, look how good God is. So two reasons to praise the Lord or two reasons in which we should be thankful for all God has done and is doing and will do. First thing that we see, if you're taking notes with me this morning, is that we praise God for this thing called attributes. Attributes. We praise God for his attributes. Attributes is an interesting word. Attributes can be physical, but they can also be internal, okay? So if we were to unpack what that looks like, we would say an attribute is Jordan's not really that short, but he's not really that tall. He's just kind of in the middle there somewhere. He likes to talk a lot. We would say that he has kind of a a little bit of a voice. Can you turn my mic down just a little bit? That's like reverberating right here. Thank you so much. Um, Praise God for the sound guys. Even when they dance with their wives on stage, that was awesome, okay? So we look at his attributes. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 10. Let's read that. It says this. It says, therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. So all the people are there and David's going to praise the Lord. Notice this church. All the people are gathered and David's going to praise the Lord. David says, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our father forever and ever. He acknowledges that he always was and he always will be. And he says, yours, O God, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesties for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom. So David understands that everything was from God and he turns to the Lord, he worships him, he praises him and he thanks him for who God was using an extensive list there. We could unpack that. It would take a long time, but I want to point out two. 
notice that David says that God is unending. He says he is unending. He exists forever without beginning or end. We as humans have linear time. This is when I was born and this is when I will die. God has no beginning and he has no ending. And so we see that in Revelation chapter 1, what John writes to us is true. I'm the alpha, the omega. I am the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. I'm the almighty. I'm the all-powerful. In other words, God says, because I have existed forever, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. What? He says, I am greater than you. I've existed for a lot longer, and I will exist forever. We use this with our kids, don't we? Right? We say, hey, I'm a lot older than you. I'm a lot smarter than you, and I know a lot more, so you need to listen to what I say. And so we see, even in Deuteronomy chapter 33, what it says is true. The eternal God is our refuge because he is eternal. He is somebody who we can always go to. All the people who have ever existed in the world could go to God, and we are a part of those people. We can still go to God. Some of you guys have abandoned him in the Thanksgiving season, and we've given up on him. We're like, what in the world should I thank God for? You don't understand the seasons and the trials in my life. And I love what Bart said. He says, it doesn't matter if times are good or times are bad. The unending, never-failing God is always going to be my refuge, and he's always going to be my strength. And David knew it, and we should know it too. He says, the second thing, though, is that he is unstoppable. I love this. There are some things in my life that I think I can control. Would you jump in that boat with me? Like, I mean, there are some things that I just think I have an amazing amount of control over. When I look at it, I really don't. You know who has the most most control in my life? My beautiful wife. There are some things where I'm like thinking to myself, man, I cannot wait to do this. And Bethany will look at me and she will go, Jordan, did you know the house needs clean? The Christmas decorations need brought down. Whatever I had in my head at that moment automatically leaves and instantly I am jumping to her aid and saying, I would love to do this for you. I would love to. She's unstoppable. And we look at this and we realize that God is a little bit different than my wife. And God is a little bit different than myself. Because while we think we have control, we understand that we really don't have a whole lot of control because God is going to do all that he wants to do and all that he needs to do. Proverbs tells us that many are the plans of man, but the Lord determines the path. The Lord tells us, hey, you want to plan? You can plan all you want, but be ready. And like we said last week, be willing to be flexible because God will change things in a moment. In church, in Thanksgiving season, We have to be willing and ready for God to change things in an instant. As Christians, we have to be on the path where things will always change. If we get to the point in our Christian lives where we say, you know what, I don't want to change anymore. I don't want to be molded anymore. God looks at us and he says, do you realize that I am unstoppable and I will do things in your life so that you will either bow the knee or you will turn around and you will hate me for it. But his prayer for us is that, he, that we would look at him and we would love him for it. We would love him for all of the ways that he is moving. Genesis 17, God says, I am the almighty God. Job knew it in Job 42 when God says, when he says, you can do all things. He is always there and he's always able. We need to get that through 
our heads, especially in this Thanksgiving season. When I praise the Lord this Thanksgiving season, the things I'm looking at is that God is unending. He will never, ever fail me. And that God is unstoppable. He is always able. I don't know if you know this, but did you know the biggest reason that cell phones started to exist was that you could have help whenever you needed it. Did you know that? That's why they existed. You could essentially pull it in your pocket or remember, I'm going to date myself a little bit. Remember when we had bags in the car? Remember that? And we would, we would break down on the side of the road and I'd be like, dad, grab the phone. He'd be like, that's $7.99 per second of use if we use that bag phone. And we're like, we don't care. You know, we'd pull it out, right? I mean, we used to have a bag in the car with a phone in it the size of Canada and we would look at it and go, let's use the phone. And now we have them in our pockets. And the whole preface, the whole reason that those things started was so that you could have help whenever you needed it. Listen to me, Christian. In the Thanksgiving season, God is always on call and he's always there for you more than any device will ever be. And my question for us is when we look at the attributes of God, that he is unstoppable, that he is unending, that he is unfailing, that he is unchanging, that he cannot be moved. Do we look to him more than we look to our man-made devices? And do we praise him a little bit more than we praise ourselves for our accomplishments? Do we praise him a little bit more because he is constantly calling us to change? Or do we get mad at him because we are looking at him thinking to ourselves, I don't want to be moldable. I don't want to be shapeable. I want to do my own thing. In the Thanksgiving season, are we praising God for who he is? If we don't see his attributes in our life, let me, let me help you a little bit and see if we can unpack this. Try this, application points, okay? Let me give you a couple of them for why we should praise God for his attributes. First thing, become attracted to the living God. You're gonna hear a testimony in just a little bit. You just heard one, and you heard them from the kids even here this morning. We have to become attracted to the living God, to Jesus Christ. God is attracted to people who need or desire his help. He is attracted to those people who need or desire his help. In other words, he loves the person who looks to him regardless of the situations. Do we do this? Regardless of the situation, the struggle that you're in, do you look to the Lord and are you attracted to him because you are anxiously awaiting what he will do in your life through this season? It is easy to become discouraged. It is easy to become critical. It is easy to become concerned. But honestly, when we step back a second and we look at the awe and wonder of God, we say, man, I am attracted to a God who will do some great and amazing things if I just open my eyes to see it. But that's a step on our part. David knew this, Psalm 34. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So the application principle is we run to the word over running to the world. It is easy to let our emotions get the best of us. It's easy to let the way that we feel and the way that we think get the best of us. But what does the word of God say? What does it speak in this holiday season? Does it speak to us to say, hey, bury yourself in all the treasures of the world because that's what's important? Or does it say, hey, take your hands and your eyes off of your things and focus on what I'm doing long term? Do we do that? Do we become attracted to God for that? 
I got to tell you, sometimes Bethany and I, we're just like, man, this stinks. I can't believe this. This is what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes we got to look at each other and we got to say, hey, hold on a second. Let's pray that God would open our eyes to see the things that are going to come up in the future, that he would give us eyes to see things that are going to happen in the future that we don't even know and that we would be patient about it. We'd be patient about watching him move because God is attracted to those who are attracted to him that are having their eyes on him. Never turn your eyes away from Jesus Christ. We know that this is true. So we run to the word over the world. See God's unending love in your past, in your present, and in your future. Second thing we see, we got to belt it out. How many of you like the first song that Becky sang this morning about danced in the aisles, man? Man, I like that song. I mean, I about went crazy. I'm about, I'm like, oh, I'm about to get all messed up in this place. (laughs) And that just gets me excited. It gets me moving. And we belt out the things that are going on. What What do I mean? Communicate with God. This is called prayer. And ask him to show you his hand. I mean, we got we to gotta start talking about the things that God has, doing, has done and the things God will do. Thanksgiving season, I dare you, I dare you to go around the table, whatever table you're at, whether that's a card table or a mahogany table, doesn't matter. And you start talking to the people and say, hey, belt it out. What are you thankful for this year that God has done or that God is doing or that God will do? What are you needing to communicate what's happening there? I love Psalm 91. It says, I will rescue, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. What's he saying there? He essentially says, get unstoppable grace. (laughs) John Andrews tells me this all the time. He's not here this morning. Um, so I could say it freely. He says, uh, he says, Jordan, we give a lot of grace so that we can get a lot of grace. I like that. We give a lot of grace so that we can get a lot of grace. When we give a lot of grace, we see that God is in the process. We also see that God is in the movement. We see that God has always been, always is, and always will be. And so we see his grace in all of our life. And that happens when we start to communicate it audibly. John tells us, don't keep the darkness in. Bring the darkness to the light. Bring the darkness to the light. Belt it out. Communicate. Talk about it. What we praise on earth will only last for a small season, but the attributes of God will last a lifetime. And we must, in this holiday season, focus our eyes on the things God has done, on the things God is doing, and the things that God will do. And we must communicate those things to each other. There is no greater encouraging word than hearing somebody like Bart or hearing the testimony that you will hear when people start talking about what's happening in their lives. I would rather talk to you about what's happening in your life than sit here and talk to you about the weather. The weather is awful. It will be for the next six months. God always has been amazing and always will be. So can we please, for the love of God, in the holiday season, talk about him instead of talking about the weather? Amen? Okay. 
I hate the snow. In case you, if you love the snow, my bad. I mean, good for you. God has a special place in heaven just reserved for you. Okay, praise Jesus. All right, um, point number two. Watch this. Keep tracking in First Chronicles chapter 29. Look what he says, okay? David, bless the Lord. Let's go back to the verse, verse 10. In the presence of the assembly, he praises. See, look at him. He's belting it out. He says, and David says to all these people who are gathered, he says, bless the Lord. Oh, the Lord, the God of Israel, our father forever and ever. See, he's, he's eternal. He exists all over the place. Yours, O oh Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victories and the majesty. He just starts running down the list of all the things that God is. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. David just claims it. He's like, hey, this is all your stuff, man. Look at this. Keep track. And he says, yours is the kingdom of Lord, your exalted head above all. So what's he saying? He says, guys, assembly, people who are gathered here, we don't just praise God for this. We praise God for his abilities, that he is on the move. And sometimes we don't think that God is able. I've been there, right? I mean, there's been some hard spots in my life where I just don't think God is able I just don't think he can do it for whatever reason. Bethany has cancer. I, I mean, honestly, there's a little part in the back of my brain, sorry, babe, that didn't think she was going to make it. She didn't think so. And that's me being naive in my thinking. And there's some spots where we're in some hard times and you guys are looking at it going, holy cow, that's harsh. No, 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 that's realistic. That's being a human. Jesus looks at us and he says, hey, don't doubt. That's easy to say, hard to do. But it is tremendous to not doubt when we know God is able and we know God is on the move and we know God is working. David knew that praise couldn't end with his attributes. And so he gave God great praise for his abilities. Let me give you a couple. These aren't in your outline, but he says, God has, first of all, the ability to keep it together. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, sometimes we just don't keep it together real well, right? <laughs> sometimes we just get to the spot where you just like freak out. You ever been there? This happened the other day in the car. Bethany and I are driving. The kids are talking. They've been talking since 7.30 in the morning. Dad, 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 dad. For the love of everything that is holy, would you stop saying my name? I know you are gifts from God, but today you are a burden. Bethany looks over at me and I'm just had it, man. There's just so much stuff going on. She looks over at me. She goes, they just want your attention, Jordan. She had a bag in her hand. I picked up the bag. I threw it on the floor. I go, I don't care. It's righteous anger. <laughs> when I can't keep it together, God can. Amen. When I can't keep it together, God still holds me. He still loves me. The oceans of the world contained more than 340 quintillion gallons of water. Whoa. What is a quintillion? And who's the guy who came up with the quintillion? I want to meet him. And yet God holds them in the hollows of his hand. That's Isaiah 40, 12. If God can hold the waters of the sea and the land that is on our planet, can he not hold my life together? Why do I get so bent out of shape when God is holding it all together? It's two, watch this. He has the ability to go the distance. The known universe stretches more than 30 billion light years. But God measures it by the width of his hand. 
It's Isaiah 40, 12. That God will go the dis. Do you understand, church, this Thanksgiving? If we were to look at the attributes and the abilities of God, the first thing that we should be praising God for is that he is able to go the distance to purchase you on the cross. That he is able to come from heaven, to be born in a manger, in a stable, somebody who is completely irrelevant. Die on the cross for your sins and not just stay dead, but he rises again from the dead. And he defeats death for us once and for all so that we can have life and life eternal. All we have to do is confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, Jesus Christ is Lord. He went the distance so that we could have a relationship with him so that he could keep everything together that's happening in our lives. Do you feel like your life's out of control? I do sometimes. God's holding it together because he went the distance. Third thing he says, he says it's the ability to shoulder the weight. He can shoulder the weight the earth weighs, again, I don't know where people get this. Uh, this is Google at its finest. The earth weighs, who weighed the earth? Like, how does that even happen? Okay, but supposedly the earth weighs six sextillion metric tons. I don't even know what that means. But yet God says it is but dust on the scales, Isaiah forty fifteen. He is able to shoulder the weight. What are you carrying around right now that you need to give over? I, re- I remember um, my, my youngest daughter, her name's Gianna, she's two, and Bethany and I had a great idea. We used to carry their backpack for them, and then we realized that backpacks have two straps on them, and we have two willing kids who would love to carry that backpack for them. And so I remember the first time we started letting them carry the backpack, we, we were like, hey, this will be really, really fun. You can carry the backpack, right? And they're like, yeah, and we put it on Gianna, and we realized that she would kind of bend backwards with the backpack because there's tons of stuff in it, right? And so she would walk like this. Right? And I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. Watch this. This is what Kareen does. Kareen's my four-year-old. She comes over and she goes, Gianna, that looks heavy. Would you like me to carry it for you? Gianna, stubborn as all, get out. No, I'm good. <laughs> sure enough, Kareen looks at her. She goes, hey, I got this. She pulls off the backpack from her. She falls down a little bit, helps her up, puts the backpack on her, and they both walk together. That's what God does for us. He shoulders the weight. He comes down to us. He says, hey, let me tell you something. I can keep it together. I went the distance for you. And so looking at you as a fallible human being who needs forgiveness of sin, I know you're carrying a heavy burden right now. I know some of you are carrying a heavy burden right now because of the Thanksgiving season. And you're thinking about all the people who are going to come to your house and all the Christmas shopping that needs done and all the responsibility that you have going on. Your house needs clean and all this other stuff that's happening in your life. And God says, hey, let it go. Right? Because why? Because God understands, church, get this. God understands people matter, things don't. Surround yourself around people and let them shoulder the weight while God takes it with them. Fourth thing, he has the ability to increase wealth and wisdom. David had great riches and great poverty that could come only from God. He knew the crown of the wise, Proverbs 14, 24, was to praise God regardless of the situation. Paul knew this. God's glory be in which we boast, Romans 2. James knew this. Praising anything but God is evil, James 4, 16. 
listen to me, church. Just follow me for a second here. If God can hold the waters of the ocean in the hollows of his hand, consider the weight of the earth but as dust, measure the width of the universe with the span of his hand, give and take away wealth and wisdom, then surely he can handle the details and all the drama that's happening in our life right now. My big question for you is, will you let him? Will you let him do it? Would you push the to-do list aside? And would you let him carry the weight? How do we see God's abilities in everyday life? This is humility at its finest. And you just had it up there, but we'll put it back up there. Please, this holiday season, stop putting the weight of everything on your shoulders. Stop putting everything on the weight of your shoulders. I'm learning this as your pastor. Really, really hard lesson to learn, but I'm learning it. There's other people who have other gifts. Imagine that. Some of you guys are really, really gifted and talented people. And here's the thing. We have to give up control sometimes to let you go and do what God is calling you to do in the pockets and the places of our church. We're excited to see this. We're excited for some of you who are giving us some improvements and walking through some stuff with us and saying, hey, here's what it looks like to stop putting everything on our shoulders and here's how we as a community function. I love what Matthew 11 says. It says, you come to me and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. I can't find one spot in the New Testament, not one, where Jesus is not surrounded by his disciples. I can't, I can't find it. We know as a little kid, yeah, he had his mom and dad. We get that. Jesus, we know he was a carpenter and we, we watch his years and his work and all this other stuff. But then he calls his disciples. And he says, hey, I'm gonna call you guys into a community and this community is gonna exist all the time and, and we're gonna work together. Everything's gonna be on each other's shoulders. And they have disagreements, and they have arguments, and they have all the stuff that comes up. And it's, it's kind of this beautiful exchange between all these personalities. And all of a sudden, God says, hey, we're going to do this together because what's going to happen is I'm going to die on the cross for your sins, and I'm going to leave, but you're going to trust in me, and you're going to trust in each other, and you're going to trust that it is possible to do what I've called you to do, and that is to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And you will lean not on your own understanding, but lean on the Lord's understanding that it is possible because it takes faith and practice. It has to be a delicate balance the two. James nailed it when he said that in his book. He says, true faith is active practice and active practice is true faith. He says, it is possible to do this, but understand you cannot do it on your own. Your culture has lied to you. You cannot do this on your own and nor is it all about yourself. It is about seeking and looking at others and seeing what God is doing. His attributes as well as his actions are active in your everyday life. And this holiday season, we are calling you to open your eyes, to see some of those things, to write some of those things, to talk about some of those things, to belt it out, not only to our community, but also to our God and our Savior and look at him and say, you are so good and you are so great. And it is all false when I put it all on me. Second thing he says, though, is also trust in the fact of God's character. Trust in his character. What are you talking about? God's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, praiseworthy abilities must be trusted 
and meditated on daily. So in this Thanksgiving season, okay, the week is coming up. Will you trust in God's character? Will you open your eyes to see some of the things that he is doing? And thirdly, will you be like Christ this season? One of my favorite points about Jesus is when he sits around with his 12 disciples and he just talks with them. These guys are crazy, right? I mean, seriously, if you were to look at the 12 disciples, you would say there's no way that all those people should be together in that one place. Same with Community Gospel Church. If you were to talk to every single one of us individually and you would say, hey, you all go the same place, somebody would look at us and they go, you're nuts. But for somehow it works. And we look at Jesus and we're like, why does it work? And everybody's on the same goal to not only be like Christ, but to make Christ known. Philippians 2.8 says, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, even to the point of death. And we realize that he calls us to do the same. And to be obedient this holiday season, what it looks like is to look to God's attributes and his abilities and to not let the to-do list or the frantic season get the best of you. First Peter nails it. We are to humble ourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift us up in due time. And we are to cast all of our anxiety on him because he cares for you. Isn't that awesome? In the end, we realize that God cares for us because he sent Jesus to die on the cross. This season, this is my prayer for you. Thanksgiving's coming up. That when you walk around the table, and if you don't do that, that you would, that you would open your eyes to see God's attributes and abilities in your everyday steps and practice. That you would see what he's done in the past, what he's doing right now in the present, and what he's going to do in the future. And maybe even at the end of that sentence that you would say, I'm going to trust that he is in control there, that he is moving and that he is active. We gave you guys a post-it note. If you would grab that post-it note, Becky's going to come up. And uh, I'm sure you noticed, but um, there's some poster board in the back um, over here and as well as just in the back of this section over here. Um, we're going to give you a moment to just kind of be still before the Lord. And on that post-it note, First uh, Thessalonians 5.11 says, build one another up. Encourage one another as you see the day coming. Um, we want to do that this morning, but we also want to give the opportunity to praise God uh, for his ability and his attributes. And if you would, well, while Becky's playing, we know we sit in pews, and so you have to kind of move in and out, and it, it feels a little bit weird, but don't feel bad about stepping over your neighbor in this time, okay? Um, what we'd like you to do is just take a moment, grab a pen, and fill out what you are thankful for, whether that's something that God has done in the past, whether that's something God is doing right now, or that you are anticipating that God will do in the future. Go ahead and write that down and say, uh, this year I am thankful for. If you want to put one thing, you can put one thing. If you want to put two things, you can put two things. If you want to put 12 things and it fits on that post-it note, Lord bless you, you may do that. And when you're done with thanking the Lord, before you go and take that post-it note and put it on that back, what I'd like you to do is just, will you belt it out to, to Jesus? Will you just communicate that? Say, if I wrote down, Lord Jesus, this year I'm so thankful for my family and the way that you have moved in them this year. 
that you would say that to him, that you say, God, I, I really am. Be sincere with Jesus this morning. I am really, truly thankful for my family and the way that I've seen you move in them this year. And then after you have thanked the Lord and praised him for who he is, go ahead and take that post note and put it on the back and then come in and have a seat. Um, so just take a minute, fill that out, fill out that post note. This year I am thankful for God's attributes, God's abilities, the ways you've th- seen in past, present, and future. Go ahead and squeeze out of your pew, stick it to one of those, those poster boards, and then come back and have a seat and we'll worship God a little bit more here this morning. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church Podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.